You're listening to Brick City Blockade Chat Sessions. Alright, fine, Jeez. Here's John Bishop and your host, Robin Ho. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to Brick City Blockade Chat Sessions here with your host, Robin Vote, And of course, sitting across from me is my good friend and co-host on the show, Mr. John Bishop. John, how was your Easter, my friend? Awesome. Awesome. Uh, we actually got some uh, uh, meal to go from the uh, Longfellow's uh, Wayside Inn. Uh, oh, wow. Right near, near us in, in Sudbury. And it was spectacular. They had it all set up for no-touch delivery. And uh, they treated us amazingly, and uh, I was happy to help out some uh, local folks and also get some amazing food, which we had and then delivered uh, safely to uh, family in Brighton. So it was awesome. That's awesome. Isn't it amazing the times that we're in now that we're, you know, we can still support our local businesses, help keep them afloat during this time by like buying full meals from them. I know last week I bought from Roundabout Diner right around the corner for me and they're helping to feed the police force and the firefighters here in Portsmouth. So it's it's always fi- find, finding those little places that we continually have gone to in the past or maybe you haven't even checked out recently and just helping them out through this. So I love hearing that you're doing that, man. That's super important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will be honest with you. Sometimes the, the, the fear of everything keeps everybody hold up. And uh, one of the the reasons why I I wanted to reach out and work with you over the last couple of weeks is everybody needs a release. And for me, Star Mm. Wars has always been that release. And thank God we have new Star Wars (laughs) to talk about pretty much every week these days. Yeah, and this week we have a little thing called Star Wars, the Clone Wars, of course, John. And uh, you and I both, before we hit recording, we were like, hey, you know, when was the last time? When when did you check out the latest episode? And we're both coming off of this thing fresh, so we decided let's talk about it right away. And probably for all of you, if you haven't gone and watched it yet, turn this off. Come back to it when you have watched the latest episode, because I think you're going to really enjoy it. But uh, John, I'm going to throw it over to you first. What were your thoughts with this episode? We're seeing the Ahsoka arc moving forward here with Clone Wars. And I just, I'm just going to say it now and then we'll get into it. The ending was like, oh my goodness, they are doing things with Clone Wars and tying it in to so many different areas within the fandom. And I love seeing it happening. Well, you know, one of the things we talked about last week was people having patience. And yes. uh, I, I had the opportunity to, to rewatch a whole bunch of The Mandalorian. And I remember during The Mandalorian's run, um, people complaining that episodes were filler. Yeah. Or that they, you know, they didn't you know, reach the high crescendo. And one of the things that I was looking at is how each of those episodes built upon the last into the overall arc becoming something that you really wanted to watch um, from start to finish. Now, there was moments that you just were like, oh, you know, I don't really care uh, about that bartender on the, Mm. you know, the the, uh, the krill world where, (laughs) you know, and the spotchka, you know, okay. I I get that we're trying to be funny there. Yeah. Get me to the battle. Great. Um, But on the flip side, each of those moments told something important about the rest of the episode or the rest of the series. And I felt like mm. uh, even I had been a little bit hard on the, um, the, the you know, three or four um, episode arc with the sisters and, sure. and, and Ahsoka's being associated with um, people who lived below the, um, the surface of, of Coruscant and yeah, living in 13, you know, 13. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really didn't love um, 
that episode where they were chasing around the robot everywhere. I just thought mm. that that, but again, you know, I, I have to look in the mirror and say, this is built for 12 year olds. And yeah, like John, you know, yeah, you can't, you can't apply real world logic to fantasy or science fiction. So and so once I got over myself and rewatched them, I really did enjoy it. And the lead up to the reveal, which I think you were teasing, mm. um, made it worth everything. Um, and I could speak to, mm. I think some of the, you know, the artistic constraints I think that they're on because they are really reworking with the animatics that they had built several years ago. Right. And, you know, they're, they, this is not new material, you know, no. the, you know, the way they're looking at it may in certain ways be new, but it's definitely not, you know, new story. And so I think mm. that there's, there's, uh, there's, there's times where I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing people say, well, I wish they had done this or I wish they had done that. Well, you know what? They they did the mall comic <laughs> based on the idea that people would buy a comic with mall. Yeah, they did the book about uh, Obi-Wan um, and um, goodness, I'm losing my mind. But oh, Master they, and they, Apprentice. Yes. You know, the, 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 the things where. Um, uh, where they were going back and they were redoing yeah. some of the Clone Wars episodes into book format into comic format and right and they did those things based on the idea that somebody would buy a comic book with uh you know maul or buy a comic book with obi-wan as a main character and um you know it's 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 hard in retrospect um to justify that because you really would love to see um uh you know Son of Dathomir uh, on the mm. screen. Yes, and I agree with a lot of my friends who've said that. But the idea that we have it at all is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. So uh, you know, I, I'm I'm choosing to take the high ground and uh, <laughs> and and move forward, looking forward to the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah, I mean that's obviously the direction that we're heading in. It's something that Filoni has wanted to cover. Uh, all the events leading up to Order 66, and in particular, the events of Revenge of the Sith, one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all time as well. And I, I think the one thing that this episode did, and I agree with you about the sisters, I've complained left and right to Andrew. I was not a big fan of how that arc was moving, um, the way that um, they were putting Ahsoka into the equation in, in certain parts. I, I thought there was a lot of jabber back and forth that really had nothing to do with moving the story forward. But again, like you said, it's not built for me. It's built for the kids who watch Star Wars. It's built for the young kid who's trying to figure out their way in the world through the Star Wars universe, learning what's right, what's wrong. Sisterhood. That is something that Star Wars, I, I think through Bear Sophie and Luminara in particular, you saw a lot of that. Um, you know, when you're talking about those two characters, but I think seeing a different aspect of that and showing sisterhood and watching out for family and watching out for each other. I mean, that's really what it's built for. And that's what Filoni was able to accomplish with this. And then exactly what I said before, trying to tease into it is the main reveal that we get, of course, or there's actually kind of two reveals. We see uh, Maul show up in this for the first time. Exactly. Yeah. His connection to, um, everything happening in terms of spice running and uh <laughs> you know there's there's so many cool connections to crimson dawn and the minute i heard him say that i was like oh man here we go crimson dawn solo a star wars story those kind of references building themselves in and him sensing ahsoka that moment i don't know how you felt but him sensing a presence around him it was mm. that was chilling 
it, it was like, wow. It was like that moment when Vader sensed Obi-Wan. It was, it, it had that kind of feeling to it that there was a connection yeah. deep in the force that they wouldn't understand. Anybody who was doing his bidding would never understand that. Um, so I love that moment. I don't know how you feel about it, but Ahsoka's realization too that, oh geez, like this is this somebody's coming back here and is looking to try to take out uh, some people alongside the his own path. Yeah, and and, and uh, just to swing back a little bit to what we were talking about before, it was the book Dark Disciple. Yeah, and it was it, if you remember that book, it was about Asajj Ven, Ventress and Quinlan Vos essentially yeah. had essentially having an affair, right? Mm-hmm. And and imagine if they had tried to put that on Disney Plus as a four episode arc in uh, a spot where they're really trying to kind of push uh, family friendly po- programming. You know, like that was a very right. dark book. Yeah, um, and Asajj Ventress is I love her, and and you know it would be it'd be great to see more of her, you know, and uh, and see much more of what she can do. Um, yeah. but you know, in the end. I think you're right. And and by the way, you know, sisterhood in, in Star Wars is lacking. It is. Know? Totally. And, and, and you're Disney and you're Lucasfilm and you're trying to make sure that um, your viewers who are 12 to 20 will continue to enjoy going to the movies or going to buy um, Star Wars books or comics or anything like that. Right. For the f- foreseeable future, you got to realize your demographics changed they and do. you've got to put out, you know, stories that appeal to a whole new audience you're always going to have us you know robin you know we're always going to be there <laughs> it's true you know like you know they don't have to sell it to us anymore especially no. when they give us moments like bo katan you know oh, and taking off her helmet and saying you know you have a choice and i mean was there any choice you know, of course not <laughs> was she going to just <laughs> hang out you know so yeah we you know the you know the, the sisters they, they stay on course on you know god love them and that's fine but I'm very excited to see some of the stuff that has been teased um, mm. going forward. And, you know, I, I, I haven't returned to the animatics all that much so that I know what's coming next week. Uh, right. But I do imagine that we're going to see some pretty heady and dark stuff coming up. And yeah. perhaps having a, a little bit more of a um, you know, vagabond, you know, uh, run about town, running around, swashbuckling mm. feel over the last three or four has allowed us to go down a path where we're really going to the heart of darkness of the Star Wars universe, you know, to see Anakin, you know, go further into the darkness and see the, you know, the galaxy uh, go further into the darkness. Obviously, the Siege of Mandalore uh, can't yeah. go extremely well for the good guys. No. You know, so it's, it's, no. you know, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they pull all of this together. Will we get into, uh, you know, order 66? I think we do. Yeah. And I think we go past it. And, uh, you know, there's moments where I wonder how they're going to reconcile the live action with the comics, with the, you know, with the, the Clone Wars. So, you know, yeah. there's going to be some real, gymnastics that they need to do to make sure that everything's tied up in a bow but it also means that at some point we might get some you know filler episodes like they've posted before sure um and maybe at some point somebody will come out and say hey did you see this you know did you Mm -hmm. understand Mm -hmm. what was going on here and i think um one of the things that i've always loved 
about the movies is that there, there, there was a there was an arc, you yeah. know, and say yeah. say what, what some people do, but you, there is a beginning to an end on each mm-hmm. movie and on each trilogy and the entire series. And yeah. um, one of the things I did not like about the old uh, expanded universe is that that was much more difficult to follow when you were reading. Um, yeah. I I was a purveyor. Uh, I purveyor. I was somebody who really enjoyed. <laughs> Um, the original run of the Marvel comics, but I also looked at some of them as being extraordinarily non-Star Wars-y at times. Yeah, that's true. Or having arcs that were too much on the nose, uh, recreations of things that had happened in the past uh, in the movies and things like that. Um, the only one I really wish they would redo is when you know Boba Fett got spit out of the Sarlacc. That was, that was pretty fun. <laughs> That was pretty awesome, but uh, um, you know, it's almost—I almost feel like they even put in the words "burp" or something like that as he yeah, gets, yeah, or, they, or, yeah. or "patu" <laughs> as he gets spit out. Uh, but you know, those things make me happy. You know, yeah. as does um, each of the moments where you see slight allusions to things that other major characters have said you know like the 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 jedi have lost focus on the force you know i think mace window says that somewhere in three and 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 he's saying you know uh our 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 ability to use the force has been compromised that might have been two two or three um and and the whole time we know it has right right? um the one thing i i will say this this is an aside this is total aside but it's podcast you know it's it's a the whole thing's an aside I don't love the Jedi bashing, you know, like say uh-huh, what you will. Uh-huh. These these were the intergalactic cops forever, you know, yeah, and true. they some idiot built uh, their their headquarters on top of a Sith. Uh, Sith. Yeah, not <laughs> you know. not very smart. Yeah, yeah. So so you know they were compromised to begin with, and you know the the genius of of Sidious, the genius of Palpatine. Uh-huh. You know, both in in both of his characters, you know, that is a unique, that is a once in a lifetime, that is once in a millennia, Addy. And um, that is why I think for the most part, I give JJ a pass with his um, shoehorning is the wrong word, um, Mm. but but dropping, you know, palps into the into episode nine. I mean, his being there justifies so much of what went on during the uh, the clone wars you know, because the whole time you're, you're like well how do they not know That's how do true. they not know but they were blinded they were um, blinded you know and if you read the uh, episode 3 book uh, it gives mm-hmm. a very graphic interpretation of what is actually happening when the jedi come to arrest palpatine yeah uh, it it is as much as they did a great job on screen trying to show what was going on Mm -hmm. what was occurring is much better described but i think it's james luceno who wrote it and 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 he just has this you know the cloud that comes in front of them and the cloud from where uh, palpatine uh slash sidious is is attacking from anyway that's so far away from the martez sisters but you know bo katan oh though and and uh Ahsoka have a pretty big opponent coming and, and, you know, not only from the front, meaning the separatists and, and, or possibly the clones at some point, 
But Maul, 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 who is, you know, apparently at a apex of his post apprentice powers. Yeah. You know, what is he doing on Mandalore? We know that. I think we actually probably do. I got to go back into my Wikipedia. But, you know, that is just, I mean, what, what other series has grown adults, maybe besides Lord of the Rings? True. Going back into their their literature to figure out what the heck is going on. And I just think that's great because this it is. I just listened to the news for 20 minutes before you and I get up, came on and <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. I just I need yeah. to not do this to myself. So yeah. Anyway, I, sorry. I, I've I've no, done it. So. No, that's it it you know what all those points made are so important. And I think the stuff about in particular when we're talking about Sidious, because I was thinking this in that moment watching this latest episode of Clone Wars is that we're going to get to the point where Siege of Mandalore, like you said, John, is going to be, and like you had said too, how are they going to frame this thing in a kid's TV show? I'm sorry, it is. How how are they going to frame something that we as Star Wars fans have always understood, whether it's the first Siege or the second Siege of Mandalore, how are they going to show this on Disney Plus in a way that really just doesn't disturb you. Like it, it there is so many I mean, it's, different it's, aspects. It's, gen- it's genocide, right? It like, is. Like we're, you know, no two yeah. ways around it. It, you know, the, whatever happens, a whole bunch of people, yes. uh, good and bad, are going to be dead. Yes. So. And, and it, it, you, not only do you have the Siege of Mandalore, but then you have Order 66. So you have to do this in a way that frames it in the canon for younger individuals as we're going to show you some of it, but as you get older, it's going to be something that you'll be able to understand and research like we have growing up. We've been ha- we've had the opportunities to read the books, do more with it. I don't see them doing anything big picture, but I do see them showing some of that um, because, I mean, y- you got to base it off of what they can see in The Force Awakens, what they can see in the new sequel, in the sequel trilogy, some of the stuff that they've been able to show in there, frame it that exact way when you're talking about the Clone Wars. Frame it in a way so that the younger audience is curious about what happened during the events, but not like, oh my goodness, this thing is completely gory and I can't watch it anymore. You know what I mean? There's, there's a fine line that you have to draw with it. I'm fascinated to see what they do. And turning that back to Sidious, if Maul, as we see, and I know... We know a little bit through Solo, a Star Wars story, and um, you know what he was able to accomplish with Crimson Dawn while on Mandalore. But is he at some point? Like I see Ahsoka, she's somebody who's in the middle. And I'm going to ask you this, John: Do you see at some point in this? This is a prediction. Do we see somebody like Ahsoka have a have her confrontation with Maul, and Maul openly says? There are greater things that you and the Jedi need to be worried about. Like that moment to me would be absolutely awe-inspiring to exactly what we saw in the sequel trilogy and exactly what we see happen in the original trilogy. If we had that moment there, much like he had with Obi-Wan on Tatooine where he said, he will avenge us. Some kind of moment like that. You know what? I don't know. I, I think that they have to be semi-open-ended um, yeah. because they need these things to interlock um, 
you know, if there was a major confrontation, which I do think that they're going to, you know, I think we've seen. Yeah, we saw the preview of that. Yeah, yeah. the preview. And and yes, but how much dialogue can go with that that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't overtake the dialogue that happened in Rebels? Um, that's that's important to me. Um, and and when when it comes down to it, you know, how does Maul is Maul actually in semi cahoots? with Sidious still, where does that end up? Yeah, we're in an um, interesting part of the timeline where we don't have an answer for that in particular. At all, yeah. And, and you know what, the, as much as I don't like where the, uh, the rumors are coming from, the mm. idea that there, there could be um, Solo, you know, slash Lando um, uh, live action coming down the pike, Sure. Is, is intriguing to me and makes me think that they have to have been very, very careful yeah. about what they're putting down on, on video so that they're not cutting off, you know, to, to have these amazing cartoon 20 minute episodes <laughs> as opposed to having, you know, you know, the, the cast of you know, solo coming back to reprise a certain yeah. amount of that story you know yeah, so, you don't want to suppress your own brand you'd never yeah. want to do that yeah and i think that you know I, us being you know older gens uh, me being much older but uh <laughs> you can you can look at that and you can say all right well that makes good business sense you know <laughs> like again you know you're not putting all of your best stuff into one novel you know you have to have sustain you know, sustainability and i think that is where if, if there's been any problem with um, Star Wars, modern Star, Star Wars, is that perhaps they, they rely too much on a council rather than having mm. one central brain. And depending on who you hear from or think about or talk to online, you, you do hear that, that the, you don't hear a heck of a lot about the story group anymore. That's true. Honestly, you don't. You, you don't. And you do not hear much from anyone besides Filoni and mm. John Favreau. And mm. one wonders who, who is the great manipulating hand behind all of this. Who's um, the Palpatine? Right. And, and one of the hard things is, is that for, for good or for bad, for, you know, Kathleen Kennedy was the lightning rod. She really for, was. For, for pretty much everybody's problems with uh anything that disney yeah. disney star wars has done you know it might be good management good business to to make that not be a thing to to, to try to figure out some way to protect your your you know, the head of your you know company from the ire of the fans you know right. and right. especially your most hope high profile uh woman in disney um employment yeah like she she's it she's she she's, is it she's you know when they talked about um people who might take over for Iger, she, her name was right there and we had her yeah. up there with that yeah yeah and and you know and she, you know for for good or for bad you know they they went with somebody who was more on the park side and that probably makes a heck of a lot of sense uh yeah. given where most of their money comes from these days yeah but you know th that that's got to be a very hard situation to be in when you're trying so hard to be even keeled about, you know, your games, mm -hmm. your comics, your reading, 
your television shows, your movies. Oh, and by the way, we have we want to do an animated show here and then. Oh, and here, by the way, we're going to do some little shorts here and there that might, may or may not be canon. And we're trying to make it all even. Yeah, and hard. Oh, by the way, we're, we want to hire these auteurs to come in and do these <laughs> amazing movies who yeah. all want to do their own thing. I mean, oh, no matter man. what anyone says, you can see the three uh, uh, sequel trilogy movies as the visions, two competing visions. Um, really? Yeah, that's a good point. And, and, and it, it doesn't mean that they were bad visions because the, you know, the original trilogy had three competing visions. Mm, um, and it's, it's, you know, with the hindsight of, of time, you know, with the time that we've had to live with, um, the difference between Lucas and, uh, Kirshner and I, I can't remember the third, um, it, there was differences in how these people directed and developed stories for the, yeah, Kasdan. yeah, I mean, well, Kasdan I, I, with Empire was a complete <laughs> different look. Oh, by the way, you know, Luke and Leia are brother and sister. Nobody knew that. That was not, you know, sorry. So, you know, I, when it comes down to um, enjoying this developing thing, I really do hope that some of the people who've grown up in and around this are using a whole lot of very smart people, but that there is a central guiding hand over how the direction of the saga goes. Yes. That it's not willy-nilly. Um, and, and maybe some people, you know, would disagree with that and really want some really weird Star Wars. Sorry, guys, we we gave people really weird Star Wars in Solo and yeah. in other things. And, you know, people didn't like it, you know, and or said they didn't like it because, you know, they made plenty of money. Um, right. Maybe not as much as they would have uh, if if they had waited a year, for instance. But, you know, there's this, uh, you know, this this whole idea of coming to fruition probably needs to go away because it's not coming to fruition anytime. It's going to keep going and going and going. And those of us who have been on the ride for as long as we have yeah. probably have to accept the idea that we're not going to see the end of Star Wars in our quote unquote lifetimes. Right. That, you know, we're not going to know the whole story. We just got to enjoy it as if it's a, you know, galaxy far, far away a long time ago. And then we don't know everything. And that's fine. And that's fine. I mean, the way that we are progressing with Star Wars, I, th I think you're absolutely right. And it's something that I talk to a lot of people around my age, anywhere from 24 to 29, 30, um, that grew up with the prequels, you know, us, uh, us millennials. Uh, we, we, we talk about it all the time. And uh, I, I think it's one of the interesting conversations is that in our households, our parents are you know, in their 50s, 60s, some in their 70s, and they grew up with the original Star Wars as well. And it's and it's that stark contrast, like when I go to the movie theater and watch it with my dad, and he's like, you know, oh, you know, where's where's the classics? Where, where are the classic characters on 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 this film? And it's like, no, they're they're moving into a different perspective. But at the same time, what I'm hearing from most people my age is like, yeah, you can move on from it. We understand though that to have an even balanced story, you have to play both sides. You do. In this world, you can't just have it all brand new. You have to take cues. You have to take elements of the past and be able to put them into the formula. And we've seen that in bits and pieces here with Star Wars. But, but, I'm saying this now. I would love to see an approach where people my age who are working within Lucasfilm are individuals coming out of college who have and have this knowledge 
about the past. Come in and utilize those tactics. Every time Star Wars uses puppetry, I am hooked. I am hooked into it because it is an old tactic. It is something mm-hmm. that still works to this day. My generation, I talked to Sean, I talked to Andrew, Scott, everybody, yourself. I'm saying it right here, right now. Frank Oz, I still look up to the man for everything that he has been able to do, not just with Star Wars, but stuff he did with Jim Henson. Mm. You know, he, Mike Quinn, who played Nemna, Jim yeah. Henson. You know, these people who were involved with the original trilogy and the characters that they played still mean so much. And I think the one thing that I, I this is my last point on this, is that with Star Wars, I want to still have the innocence in the natural feeling with it. I still do. That's why I love Force Awakens so much. There's so much real to it. There are people still in costume. There's there are aliens that are, you know, <laughs> marionettes. You know, there there are so many different elements to it that I feel like that's what makes Star Wars so magical. And I don't want to lose out on that. I don't. I think we need more of it. I I, I totally agree. And that's uh you know, in terms of somebody I look up to, it's Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, and here's this woman shaped my my worldview. Mm-hmm. I know, mm-hmm. you know, based on um, her, you know, the work uh, of the the crew on uh, the Indiana Jones movies. I, I my morality, my understanding that Nazis were bad. Yeah, uh, you know uh, that um, that violence isn't the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that there's more to life than what's right in front of you. Uh, you know, that just that also so many movies that she touched are among my favorite, not only movies, favorite things. Yeah. And, and to hear people um, poo poo her contributions. Over oh. the years, I think is the, the height of misogyny, by the way. Totally. On, on, and totally. On, you know, the flip side of it is, is just so, misunderstanding of her role in helping produce some of the great cinema of all time. And, you know, say what you will, uh, you know, some of her movies, you know, nobody's perfect. First of all, no, everything builds upon itself. So, you know, the things that she learned on, I don't know what, uh, if she was on, 1941 but you get what i'm saying you know like mm-hmm. th- 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 there's got to be movies where she's like that one was you know and and the idea that of she thought uh, she had enough fun with um uh temple of doom to want oh, to yeah. jump she jumped in she's one of the dancers in the <laughs> opening right. act yeah so you know this is somebody do you really think that somebody who lived this with the people that actually came up with this stuff doesn't care more than you. Yeah, no, it's that, true. That's, that's the thing that just, uh, maybe it's because I used to, you know, when I worked for the Bruins, um, you know, I would get notes from people saying, you know, Bish, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> and I was in the locker room. Yeah. I, maybe I'm not telling you everything that I know, but I'll tell you, first of all, I care a heck of a lot more than you because you get to shut it off. Second sure. of all, I know more than you because I was there. <laughs> I was, I, I saw it. I heard it. Right, right, right. So this whole notion of the, the consumer knowing better 
than the producer sometimes. Just, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, sometimes the, the creators get it wrong. Farce. I've seen a lot of bad movies. But when the track record is there, it doesn't mean that they're sacrosanct. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they're sainted. But it also means that maybe you should try to imbibe it before you give it a negative rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Like, right. Come on. like seriously, just give, your, give it a rest. And I know I, I, I harp on this. I'm going to harp on this until, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. But sure. it, it's, it's important to me that people understand how hard it is to put something out into the world and try to make a living off of that. Yeah. I mean, you and I do this. This is our part-time job, right? Of course. There's, there's so much more that we would love to do with this every day, mm -hmm. but we can't because that's not where our bread and butter lay. That's not that's what right. we do for a living. It's not what puts the food it. on the table, man. It's not exactly. what puts the food on the table. Exactly. Um, I, I will say that uh, the, the conversation we're talking about kind of leads itself to some of the rumors we're hearing about um, Rosario Dawson coming into the man yes. Mandalorian. And it, the good thing that I see coming of this is that Ashley Eckstein, actually on the ninth, mm -hmm. she said in an interview that Ahsoka is bigger than me. Which I love that. Right. So, you know, now if you kind of extrapolate that out, Right, the saga yeah. is bigger than one person, right? And the story and the character and this character that I've curated is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. How awesome is it to hear that? Of course, she wants to dress up and do the role, but she also probably looks at her IMDb page yeah. and sees she's not been in a movie in a very long time. She's not been yeah. in a serial TV show. For a very long time. For a very long and, time, yeah. And then you look at Rosario Dawson for obvious reasons, based on her uh, resume, her physicality, uh -huh. the her resemblance to the character. Oh yes. There's, you know, if, if this is true, very much. we have not heard um, any anything from Disney on this, but mm. we should be jumping for joy if this mm -hmm. is the person. That they've chosen to bring this person, this character into live action because she yeah. wants to do it. She's excited to do it. She knows who this person, who who Ahsoka is. Yeah. How much? I mean, that's like the the same formula that you have with John Favreau and the Mandalorian yeah. itself. Like this is a guy who heck, he did swingers. He did swingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, no, it's true. He could have. He could have done that and nothing else for the rest of his life. But fun. here he is, and he's just, he did Swingers, he did Iron Man. But when it came down to it, John Favreau wanted to do Star Wars. Yeah. How amazing is that? Is. Now, if we can get, you know, some, you know, different complexions <laughs> and genders uh, yes. of, of those kind of people into the pipeline, mm -hmm. I, I'd love that. But in the short run, if we give these characters to people who really care, I'm really happy. Yeah, and it's and it's something that I think I don't want to allude it back to the Star Wars fandom. I really don't, but I'm going to. It, it's it, and I grew up a Batman fan. All right, I was I'm, I've always been a big Batman fan. Grew up watching all the films, everything else, and Spider Man too. There's my DC. There's my Marvel. Always, and the way. You know, I 
I'll, let me just put it this way. I love Michael Keaton's Batman. But growing up as a kid, George Clooney's Batman and watching those films, it was fun. It was fun to watch that Batman. And then as I got older, you had Christian Bale. And then you had, you know what I mean? It progressed over time to really match a certain generation. Now, I, I'm going to be honest. I talk with Spider-Man fans. I talk with, you know, Scott Inch is a huge Batman fan. We have our favorites and whatever else. But if there's Batman on, we're watching it. And yes. it's, that same, it's that same format. Rosario Dawson wants to come in. She's passionate about playing this character. I say to the fandom, if Batman fans and Spider-Man fans can get used to it and adjust to it and love the character for what it is, then we got to learn how to do it. Because she wants to come in, play this role, and to be honest with you, the more exploratory, especially mixing it up a little bit, let's bring in some different individuals, let's bring in, let's be more diverse with who we bring in to play characters, that's fine with me. But you got to grow up and just let it happen. You really do. You can't always have it your way. And you know what ends up happening with this fandom? 100% honest on this one. You end up really liking it. You really do. We put if, up if, all this fuss and fuss about honest, yes. If, if I, and I actually think one of the things that Star Wars itself is running into right now is it's, it's, it's cool to hate. On, yes, yes. On, you know, it's just like, but, you know, I grew up a Red Sox fan. I knew Don Mattingly was a better baseball player than anybody <laughs> on the Red Sox for the longest time, right? Right. But do you think I was going to root for Don Mattingly? No. Of course you not. Know, I was, I, you know, and so that's that's what I think happens. And, and, and yeah. it, it is the worst. I left uh, pro sports hoping to get away from a lot of the oh, you know, man. sports talk culture. But here I am perpetuating it in 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 pop culture and and that you know i i i i choose brick city podcast brick, brick city blockade because you guys are the most positive of <laughs> out there and you keep an even keel and that that makes me happy and that's where i want to be you know jim hill yeah. uh, up the up the road he does a very good job with his stuff too and yeah. and that's that's where i want to be um you know, if you want to be on either, either side of the spectrum, there's a whole lot of people uh, in Reddit, Reddit streets <laughs> that you can jump on. You know, just, I, I, I think over to Reddit. Yeah, just go. You know. Yeah, those are the people who used to tell me to go die when I was when I was writing for the Bruins. You know, oh, like you yeah. So oh, anyway, I, I took your I took your point there, but no, uh, no, yeah, it does come back to the, to the fandom. You know, it, it's very difficult. Yeah, it is, and. It, I think the other thing heading into this casting announcement that I was super excited. Sean Misha was like beyond excited because he loves Rosario Dawson anyway as an actress. So to hear that she wanted to play Ahsoka and, you know, again, uh, like we say, in Filoni, we trust here at the podcast. Oh until God, Disney, yes. until yeah. Disney says it, is it true? That's our other big line. Until we get the actual press release from the Twitter account and everything else saying, yes, this is going to happen. Uh, we, we always are very speculative about, about things. But this is the one where I kind of take a back seat and I'm like, you know what? Either way, either way, in Filoni we trust, in the way that... We have to let this play itself out as fans. Yeah. We do. I mean, we just take he, a back seat and enjoy it. He delivered the single greatest moment in any Star Wars animation with the ending of, of, of Twin Sons with Maul and Obi-Wan. Oh. 
I mean, it's Kurosawa. about that moment. Oh, and and I I think about that, and in a couple of moments from The Force Awakens and Luke on Tatooine looking at the twin sons, I think about those moments. And here it is. It's a cartoon with our yeah. friend Stephen Stanton in it, right? He, as Obi Wan, yeah. who was perfect. And do you want Obi Wan to be a malicious killer? No, I say no. And that was the hard decision to make for Filoni. He could have made it into a farce. He could have mm-hmm. made it into uh, Attack of the Clones and Anakin with his two lightsabers spinning around like a whirling dervish. dervish. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then, uh, of course, you know, you had Yoda, which you know works in the moment. But if yeah. you're just coming clean to it, you're just like, oh my goodness. That did not happen in that episode. That was as close to pure Star Wars as yeah. it could be. You know, he defeats his enemy and he cradles this person who has killed the love of his life. Yeah. And he's, and he's, 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 he's cradling him and feels sorry for him because he yeah. knows that the thing he hates the most, the thing that he's fighting for him, the thing he's been fighting against his entire life, meaning Palpatine, corrupted this man so perversely that yeah. first of all, he's half machine. <laughs> and, to begin. and and he had focused all his energy on somebody who really didn't hate him. Mm. And, and he and came how, to that realization. Right. And how sad is that? Tell, tell oh, wow. me, is there any more perfect a Star Wars moment? Not to mention that you can you can literally take the moments of that 15 second sequence and write 15 pages about each second. Right. I mean, just, you know, and again, we're tangential here, but that's what I want. I want Dave Filoni having to make that hard decision. Right. He's the guy to do it. Right. He's the guy who has to make the hard decision. And it's, it's just so spectacular and how, how difficult it must be because he literally has all the toys in the toy box. He does. He could, he could set up the battle of Hoth for days. Yeah. He he could make it a multi-day excursion. Right. But he doesn't. And he gives us moments like that or moments like the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, what's, what's the name of the universe within the universe there? The, uh, Oh, oh the world between worlds. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, if you had told me that Star Wars was going to go there, and oh. as a 42-year-old, 3-year-old person, I was going to be in rapt attention to a cartoon, I, I'm telling you, Robin, like this is what this means to us, right? This is yeah, why we do this every week. And it's right. just so amazing. And I can't wait. To see what a talented individual like Rosario Dawson, Rosario Dawson, can bring to the table as one of my favorite characters, Ahsoka Tano. Mm-hmm. Beautiful way of saying it. Beautiful way of putting that up. Put a nice big bow right on the end of that one. That's perfect. Yeah, I think I'm in the same camp as you. I'm super excited to see what she brings to the table. And again, folks, if it's not what you like, there's other things out there for you. 
Go read the books. Go read the comics. You know. Hey, this I hear Picard is, is pretty before. good. I hear Picard <laughs> is pretty good. Scott loves it. He's telling me to watch it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's that whole DC <laughs> thing happening over on that other thing. But I'm Check too old to have that many hobbies right now. So I stick <laughs> to the one. Anyway. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. You know, just keep it keep it simple. Love your Star Wars as much as you can and reflect on it when you can as well. And keep tuning in here. Uh, to Brick City Blockade chat sessions because you know we'll always have a conversation for you to tune into. So awesome. Anyway, I think we've wrapped it up here on the show, but it's not a podcast until we do this little section. It's a little thing we like to call plug time here at the Brick City Blockade. John Bishop, where can the good people find you across social media? I am uh, a beacon of hope on Twitter at at J.M. Bishop Jr. You can find all of my stuff for uh, the Mickey blog uh, and the uh, Mickey Travels podcast, podcast. Uh, you know, Twitter network, uh, story mm-hmm. network. Um, yes, at the end, we're going to plug uh, to get you to come down to Disney and enjoy a vacation there. But there's nothing wrong with that, folks. Enjoy it. But on top of it, you're going to get some great stuff from um, marvelblog.com. DisneyBuzz.com and of course MickeyBlog.com, where I—that's where my Star Wars stuff usually falls. So make sure you get on my Twitter, and I'll make sure to point you in the right direction. That's awesome. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. Check out the Brick City Blockade over there at Brick City SWPC. Make sure to head on over to Facebook for all the updates happening at the podcast at Facebook.com forward slash. Brick City Blockade. We got a great T Public store, brand new designs up there for you guys to check out if you feel like you want to rock something brand new. Uh, also, uh, you can also hit uh, over on our Instagram page. We're going to be starting to do some more updates over there, some polls, things for you guys to get involved with to know what's going on. Uh, check out past episodes on our feed on iTunes over on Apple Podcasts in particular, on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all those great podcasting apps for you to check out. John, another fantastic episode in the book here. Awesome talking with you once again. Yeah, let's do it again next week, man. I love that kind of plan. And as we always say here at the podcast, and it's not one until we do so, may the force be with you. Always. Always.